Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show and the official podcast, ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. We're here to talk about this past weekend in professional wrestling, which means we're talking NXT TakeOver War Games. We're talking Survivor Series. And I, I guess Raw and SmackDown also happened. So, we may lately talk about that. But yeah, we are streaming this live over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline. So if you're in the chat, send in your questions and your comments and we will get to them as we deem fit. I'm Owen. And it's... It's Tuesday. It's not Wednesday. Someone uh, over on Discord was very angry. Because it is a Tuesday that we're airing this. But the reason is because... This week, it's Thanksgiving in America, and I've got things to do for the holidays, especially on the Wednesday, so decided to do heel, like, normally, you know, I just do, like, a pre-recorded heel turn, just put it up as a podcast, but I was in the studio, so I decided, why not do it live? Screw it, we're gonna do it live. So, hope everyone in the chat is hanging out, having a good time. Unexpectedly a day early. And I hope you have a great holiday this week with your family or your friends or the people you consider your family. Because that's as long as it's people that love you and you love them, that's what it's all about. But before we get to that, we need to talk about bad things like Survivor Series. And... If you're wondering how my feelings are about Survivor Series, and you're watching the video version of this, you can look at my shirt, as I am on Team SmackDown. And Team SmackDown, it, 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 was, a, it, was, a, it was a rough time on Sunday. I'll, I'll just put it that way, it was a rough time. And yes, a lot of people make the comment, oh, the, you know, the brand versus brand thing is stupid because it's all the same company. And, you know, b- buying into that is dumb. But, you know what? It's, it's just adds to the fun of it. You know? Have some fun. Pick a side. Especially when one of the sides is really good and the other side's terrible. But we'll get to that when we get to uh, talking about Survivor Series. We should probably first, though. Head into the news because there's a few things to talk about this week. So, the first bit of news, let me pull up my list here, is that if you watched Monday Night Raw this week, you may have noticed that they announced Baron Corbin against Braun Strowman for TLC, which is oddly a month away. I thought they did pay-per-views like every week. Well, we'll get to the news. They kind of are. But yeah, the next actual live pay-per-view on the network is TLC in December. And Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin are having a match. If Braun wins, he gets Brock for the title at the Rumble. And if Baron Corbin wins, he becomes the permanent GM overall. But... Also, what happened on Raw is there was a beatdown on Braun Strowman 
including his arm getting all kinds of screwed up. And in kayfabe, it got shattered. And he's going to require surgery. The reason for that is to cover for actual surgery that Braun needs. Because he has uh, some bone spurs in his joint. And uh, he's going to be out for a tiny bit. Not a long time. Just a tiny bit. And for that, he is questionable for the TLC match. It's kind of, you know, up in the air. They want to at least promote it to see to, and try to push for him to make it. But the, the Rumble match is definitely in. He'll definitely be back in time to face Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. So, speedy recovery for Braun. Hope, hope everything's goes well for him. Despite the booking on Raw, he's still top-notch character. Moving over to the SmackDown side of things, uh, it's, it's being reported from uh, Fightful, who have been breaking some pretty decent news lately that has actually come to fruition, uh, that AJ Styles is uh, working on negotiating his upcoming contract with the WWE. And, uh, Part of that is he wants to have a lighter schedule. The man's 41 nowadays, and uh, despite the whole storyline of AJ Styles being away from his family all the time, he that, that's actually a thing that is a concern, and he would like to spend more time with his family. So that is kind of the reason why he ended up dropping the WWE title to Daniel Bryan. Uh, because... As champion for the past year, he's had to be at all the shows, at all the appearances, you know, representing the company. And he, like, you know, kind of scale that back. He's done it now. He's time to scale back, you know, be a member of the of the brand, but also not be this, the guy who has to be the face of the company. So that's good for, that's good for AJ. I hope, I hope it works out for him. Uh, Fightful broke other news at you know late last week, early this week, and that is that Monday Night Raw no longer has an overrun. Because if you watch it live, you know that when it hits eleven o'clock, show's not over. They still got another seven to fifteen minutes. One time like twenty or thirty. Oof. But yeah, that's that's uh, no longer thing. Raw now ends at 11 on the dot, which has been the thing for SmackDown, where they hit 10 o'clock and they are off the air. And the reason is actually a call by USA to do this. They're the same people who force us to have three hours of Raw. So now they're cutting that off because, in reality, the reason for the overrun to begin with was during the Monday Night Wars, where they had to compete with Nitro, which was airing at the same time. In this way, with the overrun, even with Nitro you know, getting off the air, there would still be time to turn over to watch Monday Night Raw and see whatever big angle they're shooting at the end of the show. So, that's no longer a thing. Now it's just straight up three hours. Not three hours and change. The three-hour part's still not great, but, you know, 
It's not like anyone watched Raw this week, considering what happened on Monday Night Football. Oh boy. What sucks is I didn't even get to watch the Monday Night Football game because I was doing other uh, podcast obligations for the week because, again, it's a holiday in America this week. I have to get, we have to get all the stuff, you know, stowed away and ready to go out while also being able to do family things. So, yeah. Didn't get to watch Raw or football on Monday night. Uh, one more bit of news. Uh, Starcade is going down this weekend. And, once again, not airing live on the network. Don't know why they would use the big name Starcade and not do something big with it. But, there is something they're doing. And that is, the show, the actual live show is Saturday night. The following night on Sunday, at 8 o'clock Eastern, they're going to air a one-hour special for Starcade, which I don't have the slightest idea what that is. Like, is it going to be, like, two matches or something? Is it going to be, like, quick, like, recap of how everything went down? Like, I'm... An hour seems kind of short, considering I'm betting the live event will be at least two to three hours. Maybe they're just going to cut out a bunch of film. I don't know. No clue what to expect from this show on Sunday. But it's better than nothing. I'm sure we'll get to see the cage match, or if any major titles change hands. So, still wish it would be a full-length pay-per-view. Despite the fact we just had, like, three in the past, like, four weeks. And, uh, yep, that's uh, that's it for the news. Unless anyone in the live chat has anything they would like that I missed. Give Give them a second to see if they say anything. And no. So let's move on and talk about this past weekend. And we're gonna start off with the the the, the real main event. NXT Takeover War Games. People who listen to the show know my thoughts on the war games. It's my favorite. I've always loved the war games. I've wanted them to bring it back. Last year they finally did. And I really looked hard at those flights to Houston and really thought about going. And then this year they moved it all the way across the country to L.A. And I just I just couldn't do it. Could not make it out for, for the War Games. Next time. Well, next time they actually announced that Survivor Series is going to be in Chicago, so... More doable, but probably still not the th- something I'm going to do. And we don't even know if they're actually do war games again. But they probably will. So yeah, war games is great. I love the whole double ring. What's cool is that because of the two rings set up, they have to use the the like metal guard guardrails for the crowd because they don't have the big padded ones built for a two-ring setup. That's a fun little change. It makes it look different. Similar to what they did at Evolution. But yeah, 
TakeOver, War Games, along with Survivor Series, and everything this week, taking place from Staples Center in L.A. And uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this card. Let's talk about the first match, which was supposed to be taped for NXT TV this week. But they decided, ah, screw it. We're going to put it on the main show. And considering how this match went, like, why? I I get it. Matt Riddle is great. Super King of Bros. Love the gimmick. But I don't... Number one, I don't like Cash Zono. I've never liked him. My personal opinion... I'm sure some lots of people like him. It's not, not doesn't do anything for me. So this is the big Matt Riddle versus Cassiano match they've been building up for weeks, and Riddle comes out and Ono comes out and they do the match. The bell rings and Riddle hits one move and pins him. That that's it. He won in seven seconds. Oh, boy. Why? Why? why, What was... I mean, on the kickoff show, having Riddle and Ono on there, good character development. This match, not so much. But I guess it's going to lead to another match on the TV from Full Sail. That's a weird WWE style booking, but at least it got Riddle's name out there. I guess. It didn't seem needed. Then we got to the second match, which was our first of two championship matches. It was Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler in a two out of three falls match for the NXT Women's Championship. With uh, Baszler winning the belt at Evolution with the help of her cronies, the two other horsewomen, making their big TV debut and uh, becoming the first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion, stealing the stealing the booty from Kyrie Sane because she she had the belt in a treasure chest. It was it was cool, but yeah, this match was. Fine. I I guess the way to describe it is this match was fine. Like, it didn't steal the show. We had interference by uh, the two two other ladies at ringside, as expected. But I I predicted last week that that it was going to be a uh, a disqualification and lead up to another fall. But they just straight up interfered without the referee noticing and... Costing a fall for Kyrie Sane. Uh, at one point during the match, uh, Io Shirai and Dakota Kai came out to even the odds, which, oddly enough, this was Dakota Kai's takeover debut, and of course, also Io's because she hasn't really been a presence on NXT yet. She's just been on the uh, the Mayung Classic. But yeah. Kyrie evens the odds up, and uh, and Chandler Chandler just straight up beats her with the third fall. And 
was fine. Like back in back in the day, the two out of three falls matches in NXT were something special, but nowadays they just feel kind of, you know, we're waiting for the third fall before we care about what's happening because, of course, it's gonna go one and one, and nothing matters until the final fall. And that's kind of how I felt about the match. And I, the interference didn't do much for me. Uh, and considering the other matches on this card, uh, yeah. not n- Nothing to write home to about. Then, the third match on the show, grudge match. Aleister Black versus Johnny Gargano. Gargano comes out Actually, high five some people because he thinks he's the good guy, but he's not. And Alistair Black's just as pissed off uh, Demon Man. And they fight all over the ringside area. And this match was intense. It was great. Some people would say it's their favorite match of the show. I, considering the two matches to follow, it's no. Loved the uh, the whole story of the match. Uh, Aleister Black getting his revenge on Johnny Gargano at the end. Lots of great near falls. It was it's hard to describe this match because it was just it was just good wrestling. Like that was the thing about this match. It was just two guys very talented going in the ring and doing their thing. Not not a lot. Like the one big spot that I liked was uh, Gargano going for the DIY kick and Aleister Black just, you know, furious, being furious, sitting down in his, uh, you know, his legs crossed position and yelled at him to do it to him. And it was cool. And it, and it tricked, it, it lured Gargano in because he's an idiot. But yeah. Aleister Black picked up the win because of course he did. And this leaves Johnny in a weird place. Where, as a good guy, he kept failing. He took to the dark side. Still failed. Does he get back with Ciampa? Is that the next step? After Ciampa drops the NXT title, do they go after the tag belts? Because they're both bad guys now. So, it's possible. But speaking of Ciampa, Ciampa defended his NXT Championship against the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream, I believe it was the last takeover, he came out as Hulk Hogan. And it was pretty great. This time, they were in LA. A.K.A. Hollywood. A.K.A. Velveteen Dream comes out as Hollywood Hogan. And it was pretty. It was pretty rad. Uh, Champa just came out as you know Champa, and this match, boy, they suckered me in for a lot of these near falls, and some of these crazy spots too, like the spot where uh, they the suplex out of the ring, where they hit the apron on the way out. Like, disgusting. Some of the stuff on the apron, like on the outside. 
It was crazy. The the purple rainmaker. Uh, just ridiculous match here. This match was intense. So many great near falls. Like I could have sworn Velveteen Dream was gonna win. Like I knew deep down that it was gonna be Champa to retain the belt, but damn it if Dream is not a star. This crowd was so behind him. He like I believe it was the uh when when the when the uh the padding on the outside was pulled back because that's Chompa's what he does. And uh Dream hit the uh hit his like rolling like dry kind of driver like slam thing into the ground on him, onto the exposed, threw him into the ring, and then hit the purple rainmaker and still Still only got two. <sighs> like they pulled out all the stops in this one. Champa like used the knee brace, still kicked out of the that move. Like this is one that you should watch. This match and the main event are the ones to watch. Because they were the show. I guess you can watch Aster Black and Gargano too. That was also a good match. But it was really it came down to the NXT Championship match and the and this following match. Because oh by the way, Tomasa Ciampa picked up the win because of course he did. And he yelled at the camera that he's the best sports entertainer and it's hard to argue. He's great in the ring, he's great as a character. He's great on Twitter. Apparently being on Twitter and having really good, like, promo game, big part of being a professional wrestler in 2018. Just ask Becky Lynch about that one. You can read her recent tweets. Oof. I I didn't know you could win the IWGP Intercontinental Championship through Twitter, yet she did. Can't wait to see her at Wrestle Kingdom. But yeah, let's get to the the main event. It was the War Games match between the Undisputed Era, who are Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong, taking on the War Raiders, who are Hanson and Rowe, and the WWE UK Champion Pete Dunne, and the WWE North American Champion Ricochet. Uh... Fun fact, this is the first match in which all four members of the Undisputed Era competed at the same time. Because when Strong joined, Bobby Fish was injured. That was the whole point of that, joining. And uh, the way they set it up this time was, unlike last year, it was two teams. And they were still in the cages on the stage. With uh, last week on the show, the Undisputed Era winning the advantage. And every time there were the intervals, they came out first before a member of the good guys came out to even the odds. And the cage actually added an interesting aspect to this. 
especially on the uh, the babyface side, because we start out with Ricochet taking on Adam Cole, and then once we get to the next, you know, them evening up the odds, it was uh, I believe it was Hanson who uh, went out first, because Pete Dunne was, you know, chomping at the bit, trying to get in, and the War Raiders both took, you know, took him out of the way and got out first. It was like, they were were fighting to get into the ring, and Pete Dunne was not going to, you know, get past two giant Viking men. And uh, that played into what happened with the... uh, I believe it was Bobby Fish who came in last, and he, when his cage was unlocked to come out, he grabbed the lock and chain, ran over to Pete Dunne's cage, attached his lock also to it, took the key and threw it into the crowd. So there was now two locks, one in which they could not unlock, so when it was time for the odds to be evened, Pete Dunne was kind of trapped in the cage. And that was cool. That was, that was a really smart spot. And then what happened was that when Bobby Fish went to the ring, he pulled out the coolest thing. The Undisputed Era had branded chairs with their logo on it. Like, one for each of them. That's the most... What an asshole that move that is. That's so smart and stupid, and I loved it. Like, not just chairs. Rhythm Bastard in the chat says, hashtag branding. It was the most branding. You know, it's the Undisputed Era chair. It's the Undisputed uh, t-shirt. It's the Undisputed Era toilet paper. It's the Undisputed Era kendo stick. Undisputed Era poster. Buy it all at WWE Shop. But yeah, that was great. Finally, the referees were smart enough to go, we could just get bolt cutters because it's the WWE. Of course we have bolt cutters. So they were able to pry the cage open. Pete Dunne came in and all hell broke loose. Man. A bunch of great spots. One of the best ones, well, it was two spots together. This was the the show stealer. Was the seven-person pyramid of sorts slam that they did off the side, the the top and side of the cage. Like, it's, like, logistically it's stupid as hell. Like, why would you do that? But it was fun, and it was cool, and it set up the actual, like, major spot of the match. Which was Ricochet was the only person not involved in that. He was still at the top of the cage. And the reason that he was up there was Adam Cole lured him up there to try to knock, throw him out of the top of the cage. Because, fun fact, just like last year, there's not a roof on the cage. Like the old school war games. And one of the rules is if you escape the cage... You forfeit the match for your team. So, he lured 
Ricochet up there and try to throw him over, because if Ricochet fell out of the cage with two feet hitting the ground, that's technically a forfeit, and the team loses. So that was a, that was a smart spot, and it got us set up for this thing, where Ricochet stood up on top of the cage, turned around, and then did a double moonsault onto the seven men. Oh my god. Morrow almost dropped an F-bomb, because it was so good. Like, this had never been seen to WWE before, a lot of people get injured trying this, and if you don't know, a double moonsault is doing a backflip with two rotations, which he nailed, it looked incredible. Ricochet is going to be a high contender for Superstar of the Year, and... In WWE's awards, he's probably going to be up there for NXT Male Superstar of the Year. It was great. Just great. And uh, I had picked the Undisputed Era to pick up the win for this match, but it ended up being the good guys, the two champions, hitting uh, the bitter end into the... uh, the whatever... What's his finisher? Some kind of, like... Flipping splash off the top rope by Ricochet. Both of them pin Adam Cole. One, two, three. Good guys win. And sets up a possible rematch between Pete Dunne and Ricochet for one or both of their titles. Excellent stuff. Uh, Peace Egg, our buddy Trace in the chat says, literally made of flips. It's It's true. He's the flip, flipping chihuahua. I mean, tell me here, Ishii's the stone pit bull. What, what would, you, what kind of dog is Ricochet? Like a chihuahua? Like a, a Shibu Inu? I, I, I don't know. Trace, you can tell me in the chat what kind of dog you would label Ricochet as. But it was great. War Games delivers once again. This time, the four-on-four. I I loved it. And then, of course, you know, we had to deal with the following night. Which, I I guess, I guess we should get to. I guess we should talk about Survivor Series. Uh, here, let's see what Trey says here. Ricochet is one of those dogs that just won't stop bounding three feet in the air and barking. So, so he's a Chihuahua. Okay, or one of those little tiny yappy dogs. I, 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 I feel you. He's he's pretty cool though. Ricochet, possible contender for Superstar of the Year. He, he's not he's not going to win though, because. Trace and I both know who's going to win Superstar of the Year. And if you're curious about the hearing more about our, my possible Superstar of the Year, you should listen later this week to the premium podcast we're going to put out. But just subscribe at patreon.cool. I'll, I'll do the actual plug for that at the end of the show, don't worry. Let's talk about Survivor Series. So Survivor Series, uh, if if you listened to the show last week, everything caught fire. 
uh, it was pure madness. Cats and dogs rain, rain from the sky and living together. It, it was bad. It, it was bad times. Becky Lynch got her face broken. AJ Styles lost his championship at the last second. But let, let, let's get to the show and what they put together as a result of all this. So, on the pre-show, we had a ten-person tag team Survivor Series elimination match, and the teams were for Raw. It was Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. It was the Revival, the B Team, the Lucha House Party, and the Ascension. And for SmackDown, it was the Usos, the New Day, Sanity, the Good Brothers, and the Colognes. And off the, right off the bat, we have the New Day come out and do the introduction and get everyone hyped up for the show. And he talks about SmackDown, crowd cheers, and then he talks about Raw. Just name drops Monday Night Raw, and the crowd boos heavily. And he keeps saying Monday Night Raw, and the crowd gets angrier and angrier. And I know, these are my people. I'm down with this crowd. They are so down with SmackDown. Team Blue all the way. And... With the new day introducing each team one by one, you can see the unity, and you know, you, how could you not root for this team? They were so cohesive. Everyone on this on the team is great. Even the even the colognes. You know what? Screw it. I'm gonna say the clones are fine. Whereas Raw were a bunch of goobers all teamed together for some reason, and I guess the revivals in there too. And. Wouldn't you know, wouldn't you know it? The revival were the last team for Monday Night Raw. The Usos were the last team for SmackDown. The the, the New Day were the second to last team. And the Usos picked up the win. Team SmackDown gets the first points of the night. At least that's what I thought. That's what everyone thought. And then the actual pay-per-view started, and... What? They they cleared the scoreboard? So if you're wondering what happened here, and why they did that... The word is... That the storyline of the show was Raw getting a clean sweep. Spoilers. And, uh... Apparently, whoever produced the kickoff show match didn't know that and put the good team over the logical team won except they were on Smackdown so it ruined their narrative so they had to go and change everything so fun fact uh, if you watched Smackdown uh, earlier tonight Xavier Woods had a 6-1 and one on his on his outfit and declared that they were the one in six and one. And good for them. Tag teams matter. Screw Vince McMahon. Burying my damn show. The team, team, team blew all the way. D- despite the fact that they can't ever win the Survivor Series. Th- they're 0 3. 
So we get to the first match. It's the women's five-on-five elimination match. Originally, the team was Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, Natalia, and Ruby Riot. And last week on the show, I said, "This is really weird. Why aren't Sasha Banks and Bailey on the team?" I get it that the captain, Alexa Bliss, is a heel, but you should probably put the important people on the big show. And on the pre-show, they fixed that. They had Natalia and Ruby Riot get into a fight, and Alexa Bliss kicked them off the team and put Sasha and Bailey on it. So I'm glad someone listened to me, because it just didn't make sense. You need a little bit of balance. And they took on... So it was Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tapina, Bailey, and Sasha taking on Team SmackDown, who were Naomi, Carmella, Sonya Deville, Asuka, and the fifth member that they revealed for their team was the person I said they would pick and I'd be disappointed but understanding. It was Mandy Rose. Sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, the crowd hated Nia Jax at every possible moment of the match. Like, they booed her so heavily, uh, heavily and chanted for Becky every time she was around. And uh, that... That sure worked into the ending of the match. Because Asuka was the last one left for SmackDown, and it was Sasha and Nia left, and Nia pushed Sasha off the top rope into the Asuka lock so that she would get eliminated, and Nia could be the sole survivor for Raw and win it for them. And the crowd was so mad. As they should be, because fuck Nia Jax. They can do their all hashtag facebreaker story and have her, like, dusting off her fist, but, yo, you you were reckless and you actually legitimately hurt someone and, and fuck you. You, you. you stole Becky's big moment. I mean, she'll get a bigger one at WrestleMania, but still. Don't fucking punch people in the face like that, you asshole. Fuck Nia Jax. Fuck Team Raw. I'm not bitter. You're bitter. So so with that, Raw went up one nothing because the SmackDown match th- th- doesn't matter. Then we had Seth Rollins, the Raw Intercontinental Champion, taking on SmackDown's US Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura was doing his best uh, Blue Tista impression. By wearing a blue jumpsuit. And Rollins was doing his dumb thing where he has the half and half shirt. And this match was fine. It went for 20 minutes, which is a really long time. And not a whole lot happened. And I would have expected more from these two. But it was fine. I don't remember much from it, but I knew... that they had a match, and Nakamura did his his bad vibrations a whole bunch. 
then Rollins is kind of like, yeah, this guy's weird. But also check out my, uh, my superplex into the Falcon Arrow. Uh, yeah, Seth Rollins hit the curb stomp and, uh, picked up the win on Shinsuke, beating him clean. No, no appearance by Dean Ambrose at all. And despite the fact that his whole story was that he was distracted by, with Ambrose and couldn't focus on this match, he still won because Raw wins all the matches. 2 nothing. I'm looking at the next match and I'm just getting angry. Because it was the Tag Team Champions versus the Tag Team Champions. Raw's AOP taking on SmackDown's The Bar... And this is where shit hit the fan. Because first off, there was some asshole fan from New Jersey that was in a disguise and decided to pop up and try to, you know, cut a promo from the crowd. It wasn't caught on camera, and he got ejected. Some some disgruntled former WWE superstar, you know, allegedly did some horrible things to a girl. Not allegedly, but straight up just has terrible rap music. M- music, in quotes. Just just an embarrassment. Like, what? F- fuck that guy. Not, not even gonna say who he is. F- fuck him. And then the other terrible thing that happened during this match, which was... Drake Maverick, the guy who tried to cut a good promo on the pre-show, but everyone laughed at him. And the guy who's been kicking ass as the GM of 205 Live, he he peed himself. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Get it? Because... It's AOP. Because the P stands for P. He he peed his his pants and then that distracted the bar and AOP won. Because all the Raw teams win. Why? Why? I, I, I don't know. Then, randomly, we get a Cruiserweight Championship match between Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali. I don't know what the story of this was. I guess they're putting the Cruiserweight title on the pay-per-views now. And the match was cool, but I didn't understand the stakes or anything. Mustafa Ali sure got screwed up a whole bunch with some of those spots. It looked real bad. Including, was this the, I'm trying to remember, was, was this the match or was it another match where there was a suplex from the, from, in the ring to the floor? Either way, there was some, ba- there was some nasty landings in this match. Mustafa Ali, every time he hit the ground, it looked like he died. Buddy Murphy picked up the win and kept his belt. For Sure. Then, 
we had the men's five-on-five Survivor Series elimination match. Oh, by the way, at this point, Raw's up 3 nothing, So, it would, SmackDown would need a clean sweep to tie it. They can't even win because the match on the kickoff show doesn't matter. Between the Raw team, who are a bunch of people who don't like each other, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley. Taking taking on Team SmackDown, which was The Miz, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. Samoa Joe's in the match. I'm really excited about Samoa Joe. Except that Drew McIntyre hit him with the Claymore kick immediately and pinned him. What? Like, way to totally deflate Samoa Joe and make him seem like he's nothing. Like, that reminds me of the Survivor Series where Shawn Michaels just kicked Mike Knox in the face immediately and pinned him. And he's like, I don't even know who that is. Who's Samoa Joe? Not, he couldn't be the guy who was, you know, in the main event storyline of SmackDown for the past several months. Nope, couldn't be that guy. Yeah, as soon as that happened, I said fuck you to this match, and I just tuned out. The, the high, I, I guess the highlights in quotation marks is that Braun Strowman kept trying to, you know, do stuff in the match, and Drew McIntyre kept tagging him out. The Miz was making Shane McMahon do a bunch of spots, including two coast-to-coasts, even though he was, like, really tired and beat up. Um, yeah, aside from that, everyone else looks kind of like a joke. The Miz, did, or, or Finn did do that, uh, that double stomp to Miz where he slipped and just pretty much ran his boots across his face, and that looked real bad. But yeah, it came down to uh, Shane and The Miz left first, Team SmackDown. And then Braun took him out and left Shane McMahon. And then he beat Shane McMahon. Raw wins with three members of their team still in the match. They take the 4 nothing lead. That means Survivor Series is over. Raw won. Nothing SmackDown can do now to win because they already lost for nothing. But we still had two more matches, and uh, the semi-main event was Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey taking on SmackDown's Charlotte Flair, the hand-picked replacement for Becky Lynch after Nia Jax ruined her her big push. This match was excellent. Because it was Charlotte Flair forcing Ronda Rousey to actually do wrestling. Instead of just, you know, dancing around, yelling her spots out loud, and then hurting people for real. Instead, what we got was Charlotte Flair putting, like, wrestling a match around Ronda Rousey... And Ronda Rousey having to actually sell and not doing the worst job at it. 
She also got her mouth fucking busted open because, yeah. Screw Ronda Rousey. <laughs> For many reasons. M many reasons not related to her WWE character, even. But yeah, Ronda was getting all kinds of messed up. R Ronda kind of lost in there. And then, out of nowhere, Charlotte brings out a kendo stick and just beats the shit out of Ronda with it. And gets disqualified, because Raw has to win all the matches, and neither of these people can take a loss right now. Yeah, Charlotte beat the shaver with the kendo stick. Beat the shaver with a chair. Did a natural selection face first into the chair. And then put the chair around Ronda's neck and stomped on it. Like, Ronda took an actual beating here because uh, those those kendo stick shots were 100% legit. Because you could see all the, the welts and bruises all over her body after this. And man, she got fucked up. And I'm cool with that. They kept saying, oh, this is Charlotte turning heels. No. Because we were actually cheering for her because and saying thank you, Charlotte, because f f fuck Ronda Rousey. Like, be a badass. Like, that's what we want. We want a badass face to cheer for. That's what we had in Becky. But then Becky had to get killed. So now Charlotte's doing it in the meantime. And I'm cool with that. Just as long as she knows her spot after the man comes back. Uh, the, the interesting part about this, though, was that... Well, first off, Ronda Rousey actually got up on her own power and left. Which, after the spot with the chair around the neck, you, you don't do that. Like, you get carted out after that. That's a devastating move in kayfabe. And also, as she left the ring... She looks super pissed because the crowd was not liking her. Despite the fact that she was in her hometown. So, yeah. Very interesting. I don't think that was a kayfabe being pissed off. I think she was actually mad at the reaction. After, you know, doing her best in that match. And also legitimately getting the shit kicked out of her with that kendo stick. So, yeah. Get excited for more Ronda. So at this point, Raw's up 5 nothing. Wonderful. And we get to the main event, which is the Universal Champion Brock Lesnar taking on the new WWE Champion Dana Bryan, who's also a heel now, and kind of messed with the dynamic of the match because, you know, you wanted the, un the under this undersized underdog the Route 4 against Brock Lesnar. And you didn't get that. Instead, you got... Well, you know, you didn't even get heel Danny Bryan fighting Brock Lesnar. You had Danny Bryan running around the ring first. And then him getting dropped on his damn head. And legitimately getting concerned. As he kept getting suplexed and landing on his damn head. Like, I was, like, legitimately 
upset and disturbed by this, and they that means they they nailed it because that's what they were going for. Brian was getting just decimated, and it built up to Daniel Bryan getting the comeback finally, uh, having an F five attempt knock the referee down. Enough for Danny Bryan to kick him in the dick and hit the running knee for a two count. Danny Bryan actually got two running knees in in the match for the kick out. And if the the law of Mario is in effect, the third one would have put him away. But yeah, after this, it turned into like a Danny Bryan rushing to do his best to try to win this match. And Brock Lesnar just being a big scary man. It was great. I... Once that happened, I was totally on board with this match. Uh, Danny Bryan was not working full, full-fledged babyface, but uh, you know enough that you could cheer for him without you know totally ruining the character he was going with on SmackDown. Uh, but it was enough because it's Brock Lesnar. He had another F5 and pinned Danny Bryan. Clean. Because it's Brock Lesnar. And also... Raw wins every match. So, clean sweep, 6 nothing. Technically 6 and 1, but you know. It was it was a it was a bad night for me. Cuz I was I was hanging out with with the friend watching this and I was wearing my Smackdown shirt because I was rooting for Team Smackdown and it just got sadder and sadder. As I realized, ah, shit, they're not going to win anything, are they? And they didn't. What a bummer. But yeah, that was Survivor Series. If you're a fan of Monday Night Raw, it was a great one. But if you like the actual good wrestling show, it, it was bad times. Uh, let, let's briefly uh, get into uh, what happened on the weekly TV this week. Um, I already discussed Braun Strowman's injury angle that happened. Uh, let, let me take a look at Raw, see see if we got anything of note. Oh, we did have the, every, all the tag teams make fun of Drake Maverick backstage because piss jokes are funny. The uh no, that's interesting, that's interesting. Ronda Rousey apparently had an open challenge. Mickey James answered it, so we got Ronda Rousey wrestling a match on Raw. Um nope, nothing interesting happened on Raw. I did watch some of SmackDown tonight though, and SmackDown was pretty good. I liked the uh, interactions with The Miz and Shane McMahon with The Miz continuing the part where he's like just rallying behind Shane to get people to like him and Shane just going along with it including them becoming the the best tag team in the world and fighting a bunch of like cruiserweight jobbers that are not actually signed as cruiserweights and the Miz getting pinned by one of them and losing the match. Which 
I'm curious about how this is gonna go. I'm curious about this weird relationship these two are having. I'm guessing it's gonna probably lead to a match between them. N not for not for the cup because that trophy thing doesn't matter. This, despite the fact that it's been hanging around longer than the Andre uh, one or the uh, the women's you know vagina trophy, it, it, that's what it looked like, guys. You you saw it. Uh, Daniel Bryan cut a promo putting over his character, which apparently uh, he was in a hyperbolic chamber and it made him evil. Is, is that what I got from that promo? It, yeah, that's what, that's his whole thing. He's, cause he fought to come back. He did mention the fact that the, uh, the cheers for him were you know, diminishing week after week, which is true because he wasn't being booked properly and he didn't, like, have the magic and the push behind him that he did originally. We had the, the New Day and the bar uh, and the Thanksgiving feast fight, which was hilarious. They always do a, a food fight the week of Thanksgiving and this one delivered. There were turkey, the mashed potatoes, and cranberries all set up on tables around the ringside area and in the ring. Uh, the New Day were dressed as pilgrims. Uh, Xavier had a six and one on his outfit. Also, Trace has a correction about the uh, the trophy that the women won. It was a, a uterus trophy. I apologize. Thank you for the live correction, Trace. So, yeah, they, they they had a six and one on the outfit. They they mentioned that they're the one and six and one. The crowd chanted six and one because good SmackDown crowd. Actually, you know, on board with this. I, I I'm with them. And uh, yeah, the bar are pissed because uh, they let down the brand by being one of the six losses. And the New Day were, part, despite the fact they were eliminated, they were in the match where SmackDown actually won. So, yeah. We end up having a food fight. People getting clocked with turkeys. A big show going through a table full of all the fixins. It was fun. If, if people don't enjoy these, like, you know, lighten up. Wrestling's allowed to be fun and silly. Especially around Thanksgiving. And this was great. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I loved the, the post-match after the New Day one of Cesaro just being out of it, swinging his arms, trying to fight. And he just keeps getting hit non-stop with bowls of you know, gravy or, or mashed potatoes or you know, peas. Like... Just non-stop, over and over again, getting hit in all directions by stuff until he finally just collapses. It's... It's fun. It's a good time. And then the main event of the show was this weird show-long story of Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton having some blood feud. And 
apparently Randy Orton wants to take Mysterio's mask. Because that's what you do with luchadors. And I, I, I didn't catch all of this match, but I did catch the end of it. And uh, Randy Orton took Rey Mysterio's mask. He he pinned him, and he took the, he uh, put his head through a chair, and Mysterio, unlike Ronda Rousey, sold like a million bucks, and also he was bleeding a bunch from the arm. So yikes! But yeah, Randy Orton legit stole Mysterio's mask and held it up in the air, and uh, the crowd was pissed. Randy Orton continues his quest to kill everyone that we love. Unfortunately, Rey Mysterio was a victim of that, and, uh, yeah. I'm cool with Randy Orton just being this asshole on the side. I don't think this should have been the main event, but... I guess that works. So, yeah. Randy Orton doing... I, I, I'm I curious where Rey Mysterio goes from here. Because I, I assume he has other masks, but are they gonna, like... Play it up that he just straight up no longer has his mask. I'm not sure. It's interesting though. It's an interesting direction to take Rey Mysterio now. Now that that WWE has him. And uh, is there anything else that I may have missed this week in the WWE that you want me to discuss? Let me know in the chat. There's there, again. There is a bit of a delay, so yeah. This this week was a bunch of ups and downs. Like SmackDown had a really bad Sunday, but Tuesday was decent. No, no AJ Styles on the show though. That was a, that was weird. I, I don't know. Is where was AJ Styles? I guess he was going home and being a family man. But yeah, I guess the, if no one else has anything else they want me to discuss, and I, we're going to wrap things up. It's it's a bit of a shorter episode this week because of the holidays. You know, we got to get out of here. But yeah, this was Heel Turn, a production of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's dot cool. We stream this show normally live every Wednesday night at like around 9, 9.30-ish over on uh, twitch.tv slash ozoneonline. So, you know, if you want to be part of the live audience like my pal Trace. Oh, man. Trace is all fired up in the chat. Also, shout out to Rhythm Bastard who was in the chat earlier as well. You know, make sure you tune in live if you want to, you know, join the conversation, as the the media execs like to say. I don't, I don't think the kids say that. Kids are busy flossing, which is good. Hygiene is very important. But yeah, uh, you can check out the website, which is prowrestling.cool. Uh, if you notice, the uh, the stats stuff is a little bit behind because uh, I was in England a few weeks ago, and I've been str- and with the holidays have been coming up, and PAX is next week. And I'm str- 
I'm struggling to catch up on the stats, but I will catch up eventually. It will happen. Don't worry. So we got the, that over there. We got the podcasts and other fun things. And if speaking, and if you want to help us continue to do our fun things, there is a Patreon at patreon.cool. And for as little as a dollar a month, which is 25 cents a podcast episode, you get the show notes for all the episodes. Not going to lie, the show notes this week are kind of kind of short because holidays. But normally they're full of fun little inside jokes and detailed notes about the wrestling shows, especially NXT, so make sure you, you sign up for that. But if you really want to get the good stuff, for if, if you subscribe... For at nine ninety nine a month, which is you know a WWE Network subscriptions worth. Every month we do a premium podcast, and uh, it's me and it's Trace, who's all fired up about it in the chat because we're going to be recording it later this evening. It'll it'll go up. I'm getting. I guess it's going to go up on on Black Friday, so you can listen to it while you're, sh- you're fighting the crowds. Out at the mall. But yeah. Trace and I will be talking about. New Japan Pro Wrestling's Power Struggle. Which. Yeah we're a few weeks late on it. So what. We've been busy. But we have. We've watched it. We have thoughts. There are some really good matches on that show. I'm very excited. Trace is yelling that is going to be the blackest of Fridays. And yeah, if you want to be part of that, Patreon.cool, that $9.99 tier will get you that. And also we'll unlock all the, the previous ones because we, we we talk a lot about New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's, it's good wrestling. Behind a paywall. That's not, that's not a good tagline. I got to come up with something better. But anyway, social media, you can follow us on Facebook by searching for ProWrestling.Cool or going to Facebook.com slash PWDOTC on Twitter at TheHeelTurn and at PWDOTC. Uh, You can also find this podcast at ZoneCasts.com where you'll also find uh, I'd Rather Not, a comedy podcast that I'm on. And uh, the Takes Bakery, which is a nightmare fuel show that I'm on. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on a lot of podcasts. It's, they're all over there. I wish there were podcasts that I was not a part of on that network, but people keep dragging me in. And I've got nothing better to do than to talk to a microphone. <laughs> so yeah. If you want to follow me on the Twitter, I'm at the underscore ozone. I, I, I tweet. I, t- I tweet. I'm tweeting a bunch of Pokemon stuff lately because the new Pokemon game's out. And it's really good. Don't don't listen to the haters. Pokemon is still a very good game. All right, that's it. Everyone have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a uh, a safe Black Friday and a I uh. A savings-filled Cyber Monday? Sure.
Cyber Monday. We'll be back next week at our normal time with another episode. So until then. This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.